Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Calvary Live. And we are ready to take your prayer requests and to take your questions. And, of course, Calvary Live is the program where you get to call in at that number that was just given, 303-690-3000, and we can have a conversation in the questions that you ask. We'll go to the Word of God. Uh, we'll go to the Lord Uh, the throne of grace in your prayer requests, and we can come to him, as the author of Hebrews says, in our time of need. He's such a gracious, loving Father that desires for us to come to him as we call out to him. And so we invite you to call in, 303-690-3000. We got all open lines. As soon as the phone calls come in, we'll go to those phone lines, and there is another means for you to be able to contact us, and that's through a dedicated text line, and that's 720-336-0897 for texting only. Be safe when you're texting 720-336-0897. My name is Jeff Figs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado. I am broadcasting live on you on this Tuesday afternoon, you who are listening on Grace FM from Greeley. And so we're so grateful to be a part of your lives this afternoon. Give me a call, 303 690 and love to talk to you, love to pray with you, love to talk about the things of God. Maybe a Bible question that has come up. Maybe you are wondering about how do we see things in um, that are going on around us, our worldview, our biblical worldview, what it should be, uh, Christian living, whatever the case may be. I'll do my best to encourage you and to minister to you and to show you the Word of God. So I'd love to talk to you, 303-690-3000. want to also just give a quick shout to those who are listening on the East Coast on Truth and Hope FM. So glad that you're a part of Calvary Live and we're connected to you. As you listen to those radio networks, remember that you are week delayed, but you can call in at those numbers that I just gave to you, and we can talk, and then you can listen to it next week. And I want to also... Just um, say welcome all the online listeners throughout the country, even online listeners in different parts of the world, international listeners. We're glad that you're tuned in, too, and that you're listening wherever you're at in the United States. You can give me a call. we got all uh, open lines. Uh, well, the lines are uh, starting to to uh, ring, but we do have a couple open lines, 303-690-3000. Call early because then you know you're going to get on the air Sometimes it fills up as we get towards the end of the hour, and the hour goes by quickly. So I'd love to just uh, be able to get your phone calls and be able to talk with you. So we're going to start out by going to Judah in Brighton. Hi, Judah. Hey, thank you for taking my call. Um, Time depending, I've got two questions, but the big one that I wanted to touch base on with you immediately was— I don't know if it's even necessarily right to teach your kids about, like, the Tooth Fairy, Santa Claus. Um, But my question was, in our culture, given that those things are taught, 
I'm afraid, you know, how do I teach my children that God is real if as they've grown up, they've learned that these other these other things are not real? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do, because I raised four kids, Judah, and that was all part of, you know, growing them up. I think the, the main emphasis that you need to give to them and the priority as they're growing up is that you tell them that God is real, and that starts with the parents in reading Bible stories to them um, and praying with them and taking them to children's ministry. It's so important, even as adults, that we be in fellowship. And I've been emphasizing it a lot because of you know what we just came out of, a lot of people being isolated. And the Scripture talks about how we're to gather together to be encouraged and built up and uh, for the edification of the saints, for the work of the ministry. Um, and children, it's important for them to be in a place because they can go to school all week long uh, if they go to public school or or whatever, and they hear about um, all kinds of different things through other kids. They can hear about Santa Claus, Easter Bunny, all of that. They need to get to a place where they have a sound biblical truths that are given to them. And it's amazing, even when they're young, how they can understand the um, you know, the love of God and the truths of God. It's so amazing. And it blesses me uh, here at Calvary uh, that we have such a wonderful children's ministry and uh, our you know, director, Angie and, and Barbara and Celeste, they work so hard in, in getting a curriculum that teaches them the truth at their level. So those are all combinations. But the second thing, and this is really important, Judah, that you be an example to them. You share with them how much the Lord means to you, what he's done for you, and may they see the reality of Jesus in your life. Because as they grow older, you know, they're going to, you don't want to give them a mixed message. And I want to be careful, Judah, because raising four kids, I was not a perfect dad. There were times where, you know, I failed or I messed up and I had to ask for forgiveness or I had to admit it. But for the most part and for a consistent uh, life, I wanted them to see that God was real in me and that um, they see the reality of Christ in me and and that they would know how much the Lord meant to me and what he's done for me personally and that testimony is so important to our kids so they know that God is real. And that's true for anybody that is linked to us in our lives, that may they see the reality of Christ, that we're something, we're different than the world. We don't talk like the world, we don't act like the world, but we are ones that our speech is edified, that we are seasoned with grace our speech, um, building people up, and we're not, you know, going about the ways of the world um, because I'll tell you what, as they get older, they can spot a fake light. And if we give them a mixed message, they will see that and will affect their spiritual life. So that consistency, first of all, as parents, that you be praying for your kids, you be teaching them the scriptures. That's the command given to us in the book of Deuteronomy, of course. The great Shema that, you, you know, you teach your children you know, in your homes and when they're awake and when they're asleep and and the Lord thy God is one and we are to uh, also make sure that they're in a place where they are hearing the word of God in a good environment, safe environment, in 
in a good children's ministry. And a good children's ministry is just not going to play games. You know, they can do that, but they're actually going to be there loving those kids and teaching those kids. And those those are the things that were really important in raising our kids. Wonderful. Thank you. Uh, thank you for that good advice. And uh, definitely need to get get them going to um, children's ministry as well as you know home yeah. teaching like we have been. So thank you yeah. for that. Yeah, Judah. And then you had another question. Yeah, if there's time, I've been. Uh, sure. I, I'm trying to understand, I guess, some of the symbolism behind um, the snake on the pole from the Old Testament. And um, I, I just kind of I feel conflicted. Like, it almost seems like making an idol. Now, of course, it was a command to make it, but uh, I'm, I'm just not... I'm failing to grasp all of the symbolism behind that. And I was hoping that you yeah. could kind of direction. Yeah, and that's a good question, because they ended up having to to do away with that bronze serpent, because later on it did become an idol to the children of Israel. But I'm going to refer you to John chapter 3, when Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. Are you familiar with that chapter? And that's, I believe the, so. yeah, that's the chapter where the famous verse 3, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But before that, we know that it was Jesus telling Nicodemus that you must be born again, Nicodemus. And then the second must of the chapter is, and this is where you can start looking at it, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. So Jesus makes reference to that that story there in Numbers, and that story of Numbers where um, the the serpent was lifted up. And of course, the children of Israel were sinning, and then the snakes came in and began to bite them, and they were dying. And so the Lord said, Moses, make the serpent, put it on a pole, a brass you know, serpent, and whoever looks at it will be saved. And the symbolism is Jesus, we, we've all been bitten by the snake of sin, all of us. We've, you know, death has come to man because of sin, but Jesus said, I must be lifted up, Nicodemus. I must be lifted up as Moses lifted that serpent up in the, in the wilderness. And brass is, is a metal of, of judgment, and Jesus is saying, I'm the one that's going to take the judgment for sinful humanity. And Nicodemus may not have understood what Jesus was saying at that point until... Jesus was lifted up on that cross. And we know Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea, two council members, were there because they're the ones that took care of the body of Jesus. And I just imagine Nicodemus is going, I understand. I understand that Jesus is the one that took the judgment for me, for my sin, because all of us have been bitten by the snake of sin. And so you might look at that and make those comparisons. Okay. Definitely gives me something more to look into. I really appreciate that. Absolutely, Judah, and I appreciate you calling. Good questions. Thank you very much. God bless you. You too, Judah. All right, when somebody hangs up, we had full lines, but we got an open line now. Love to talk to you. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Text line is 720-336-0897. So we're going to go to Sean and Greeley. Hi, Sean. Hi, Pastor Jeff. How are you? 
Good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, I have a question about, um, well, in John uh, 14, 6, it says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except for me. Um, my question is, uh, what happens to the people who never had a chance to learn about the true God? Uh, like, for instance, if a culture that they grew up in um, uh, worshipped their own God and that's all they knew and they never had a chance to actually learn or be taught about the living true God and then they pass, are they judged differently? Are they are they already um, considered um, not accepting because they worship another god but never got a chance to, to learn about yeah. God? And and people, Sean, you're asking a good question, and and people can kind of struggle with that. You know, what about somebody who never heard the gospel? What about somebody that in their hearts, you know, they believe in a god, they believe in a creator? So it's true what Jesus said, that I am the way, not a way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. That's a very simple statement. And, and sometimes people say, well, you can believe in all kinds of different gods. No, it's only through Jesus Christ where there is life. Uh, if you do not believe that I am he, he would say, that you will die in your sins. But we also know that there are those that perhaps that have never heard of, of uh, Jesus, um, they never heard of the gospel. And we do know that God is a uh, just God. He's perfectly just, and he will judge accordingly. And I think Paul touches on that uh, in Romans chapter 1, where he says that, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So, you know, with, with knowledge comes responsibility. And I just have to leave it with God as a just God. And in the book of Revelation in chapter 19, we read that right before the second coming of Jesus Christ, we're, we're going to be coming back with him. And it's talking about the marriage feast of the Lamb. And then it talks about how we all in unison in heaven will say, righteous and true are your judgments, Lord. Righteous and true are your decisions. No one that's going to be able to stand before God say that, well, that wasn't fair or that wasn't just. Uh, righteous and true are your judgments. And he's the only one that can truly judge perfectly and with complete justice and righteousness. And we just have to leave it into his hands and leave it there. And um, But the second part, um, Sean, um, that it's a good question that you ask. And, and I think you're asking it in a very sincere way. Sometimes people, um, when we talk to them and give them the gospel, they will, you know, kind of challenge us in that. And um, they'll say, well, what about, you know, these people that don't hear about Jesus? And I very, um, very, you know, tenderly or discreetly, I say to them, okay, here is the gospel. You've heard it. So what are you going to do with it? And what are you going to do with the gospel? And I think that, you know, we live in a country where there is Christian TV, there's churches on every corner, that, um, you know, people have opportunity to hear the gospel. And um, But that's not true in different parts of the world. 
But I always, you know, when somebody, you know, ends up kind of challenging me on that, um, which happens once in a great while, I, I tell them, here's the gospel. Jesus died for you. He loves you. Man has sinned. The wages of sin is death. Jesus came and took your sins upon the cross. He rose again from the grave. He's the way, the truth, and the life. So you now know what are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with that information? And so we just got to put it in uh, a just God, a perfect God, a righteous God, all righteous God into his hands for the person who never heard about Jesus or the gospel message. Oh, and um, well, I and I have one more quick question, if that's okay. Um, sure. It, I I I was wondering. I, you know, I'm 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 a believer. I I I study the Bible, and you know, I have a friend that's um, in need of help, and I I try to help through Scripture and and read what it says. But I also know in the Bible it says, you know, to to, to be careful for the people who teach or to preach. And I, I'm not trying to preach, and I don't want to upset Jehovah by by acting like a preacher. I'm not acting like a preacher, but I'm just, I am trying to pass the word. But am I doing that in sin by, you know, because I'm, I'm, not, I'm not perfect? Yeah. The, the thing, Sean, just keep sharing Scripture with them. You know, and you don't have to debate. You don't have to get in an argument, you know, and it's okay to share Scripture because the Mm -hmm. Word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And there comes to that point where you got to let the Word of God just do its work. But, you know, that's what we're supposed to do. We give truth. We give the Word of God. We give it with love. Ephesians says, speak the truth in love, and then let the Word of God do its work. And then pray. Pray for him that, Lord, that he'll, you know— um, the Word of God will really touch his heart, and Lord, open his eyes spiritually. Um, but none of us, none of us are perfect. Um, we're sinners used by God. We're forgiven by the grace of God and the blood of Jesus Christ, and we're called to go out and to share that good news and God's Word and truth with others. So I think he's blessed that he has you, that I can just sense the sensitivity and um, desire to share truth because you care for your friend and keep doing it. And, you know, you, you can do it very wisely and discreetly and and um, and tenderly and honestly. And I think that uh, as you pray about it, the Lord's going to use it. Thank you very much. You bet, Sean. Thanks for calling. I appreciate it. Thank you. You bet. Hey, 303-690-3000 is the calling number. Text line 720 Oh eight nine seven. You know, none of us, none of us are perfect, and sometimes people think, well, only the pastor should give you know teachings. None of us pastors are perfect. You know, we're we we have a calling in life, but all of us are called to share the truth and be light to the people that are linked to you in your life, and just share truth with them as the Lord gives you opportunity to do that. Um, let's see where we're at, and um, let's go to Nicholas and Aurora. Hi, Nicholas. Hey, how are you doing, Pastor? Good. How are you? I'm all right. Thank you for asking. So uh, I have a question. Uh, I'm 35 years old. My parents got divorced when I was 12. Uh, my brother and I, I, I ended up living with my mother. My brother ended up living with our father. Um, my father absolutely holds grudges and hates my mother's side of the family, and he wants us to have nothing to do with them. 
Um, now, every time I see my my mother's side of the family, he, you know, like I said, he holds grudges, and we go years without talking. It really aggravates him. And my yeah. mother wants me to have a relationship with her side of the family, but my father, like I said, wants absolutely nothing to do with them, including his children. Uh, now, we're grown adults now, but he still feels that way. And I kind of, I'm, I kind of feel like I'm at a stalemate with uh, the Fifth Commandment, honor thy parents, and I don't know what to do. Yeah, and a couple things, points here. Number one is that, you know, we're called to forgive, and you just described a lot what has happened in your family, you know, with the divorce and, you know, the the fracturing of the family, the relationships that have been strained and severed. But number one, as I was listening to you and you were talking about your brother uh, being angry and bitter, that you might want to talk to him about, here's the thing, you don't want a root of bitterness to enter into your heart. And Hebrews talks about that and to forgive. And forgiveness doesn't overlook what happened. It doesn't condone what happened. It doesn't say, well, you know, um, there's still hurt. There's a lot of hurt there. There's a lot of issues that are there um, that you've had to deal with over the years. Forgiveness is a choice to say, I'm going to choose to forgive them. And, and, And listen, Nicholas, so they don't have power over you anymore. And that anger and that bitterness doesn't grow in your heart because it'll take root there and it'll grow like cancer. And that's what happens. And there have been times that, and I, you know, I don't want to compare my problems with with, what you've gone through. You know, uh, my parents never got divorced, but I know that when I've been hurt by somebody that is real important for me to forgive, and I'm not holy enough just to do that all at once. You know, um, I'm kind of one that once in a while I have to pray those imprecatory prayers, you know, like David did. You know, Lord, you know, drop a bus on their head. You know, I'm just angry, Lord. And to come in the honesty of my heart and say, Lord, but you've called me to forgive. Help me to forgive. And forgiveness is one of the hardest things that God has called us to do, if not the hardest thing. And to do it over and over again, bit by bit, and say, Lord, I need you you to help me to truly forgive. And it's a supernatural work that God does in our hearts. And again, healing for the hurt, so the bitterness doesn't continue to grow, because I don't want to go through life being angry and bitter. I want to forgive for the sake of, of, I don't want to be controlled by the situation, bitter by the situation, I I don't want to go through life doing that. And so, Lord, help me to forgive. Help me to forgive. You called me to forgive. They say imperative to forgive. You've forgiven me. So that's issue number one. Second of all, Nicholas, that you are an adult, and, and you're desiring to honor mom and dad. And even though relationships um, are severed and strained, you're desiring for there to be some kind of relationship that is there. And that's really is a choice that, that you make as you go to the Lord and pray. And I I just kind of sense that that's your desire. And, you know, sometimes other family members may get upset about it. And um, But I want to pray with you and for you, and the Lord's going to guide you. And, um, and I think that um, just that forgiveness and all involved in talking about it and being able to bring it up, 
And sometimes when you bring it up, boy, I tell you what, there's a lot of defenses that go up. And um, But just to pray about, Lord, heal our family, you know, uh, what has been done. And Lord, do a restorative work and uh, as much as you can. And you know the situation. You know, we're not going to talk about it on the radio, but also to be able to get some godly counsel from, you know, a pastor, you know, in more detail uh, that you trust and you can go to in confidence and be able to say, this is what I desire. Um, but you are an adult and you're desiring to honor dad, I know, father, um, but you're also desiring to honor mom and have those relationships somewhat be restored um, and for there to be forgiveness if there's any opportunity for that to happen. So I don't know if that helps, um, Nicholas, but, um, you know, it sounds like just a, a lot's been there for a long time. Well, I understand uh, everything that you were talking about, and it does start to shed some light on things that I should be doing, and I really do greatly appreciate it. Hey, can I pray for you? Absolutely. Father, I pray for Nicholas. I, I appreciate his call. He's desiring to have a relationship with his mom's side of family, uh, even though there has all the history that has brought hurt and uh, strain in, in uh, the family. So I pray that you be with Nicholas, give him wisdom to talk to his brother, to his father. I pray that you would just minister to their hearts, that you would soften their hearts, that there be forgiveness. And Lord, forgiveness is a choice. It's, it's a choice that we make. And um, and the hurt's still there. I pray for healing. I pray for um, you working in their lives and, and the whole situation. You know everything. Just be with Nicholas. Give him wisdom and discernment as he moves forward, um, desiring to honor you, first of all, and then honor his mom and dad and how you would have him do that. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you hey. so much, Pastor. God bless you, you and everyone in this radio ministry that is helping. You, you bet, Nicholas. God bless you. All right. Let's see where we're at. We got an open line. We're getting close to break. Um, let's go ahead. Let's try Allie in Denver, and then we might have to go to break. Allie, are you there? Hi. Yes, Pastor. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Hey, I want to preface by saying we're getting ready to go to break. So if I end up having to interrupt you, we'll just stop and we'll wait 90 seconds for the break and then we'll come back to you. So, uh, but I want to go ahead and get you on the line. So you're on Calvary Live. Hi. So I had a question. I was first baptized at a Pentecostal church when I was 13 years old. And it just seemed like it was, you know, the next thing to do after um, accepting Jesus. We came from an Orthodox uh, family. But then closer to the age of 16 is um, the time when I completely stepped away from God. Um, I mean, I still prayed. I still, you know, felt Him with me. Um, still had a guilty conscience. But, you know, I just completely stepped away from God. And that's, like that's when my sinful life began. And then... Closer to the age of 28 is when I repented again. And, you know, I have a family since and children. And, like, during the last five years of my life is when, you know, I'm the most closest to God. And I had a question about baptism, getting baptized again. Um, Part of me feels like I should do it. 
the light for my family, um, to kind of seal the deal with God. But another part of me doesn't know if this is necessary, if I need to or not. So I just wanted to kind of get some guidance on that. Yeah, and I'd like to give you some guidance. And what we're going to do is, uh, is you're going to hear the music in just a little bit. We're going to go to break, and I want to encourage you. But you're in a situation that a lot of people are in. They maybe got baptized as an infant. Maybe they got baptized as a child. And now they're really walking with the Lord, desiring to please the Lord. Um, and so they're wondering, should I be rebaptized? Can I do that? Is it okay? So what I want you to do is hang on the line. We're going to go to break. It's the only break of the show. And then on the other side of the break, I'll pick the conversation back up with you, Ali. Hey, everybody, stay tuned. 303-690-3000. Grab one of those open lines. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. Those of you listening on Grace FM, I pray you're having a wonderful Tuesday afternoon. Maybe you're on your way home from work. Maybe you're doing something else. Give me a call. And love to talk to you, 303-690-3000. The text line is 720-336-0897. To introduce myself again, I am Jeff Figs from Calvary Chapel, Greeley in Northern Colorado with you to take your questions and your prayer requests. I want to go back to Allie. Allie, you still with us? Yes. Allie, you asked a good question. I think a question that a lot of people have sometimes. Uh, as the Before the, the break, Allie was explaining how when she was younger— she was baptized, but but then now um, after a time of of um, y- you know um, if I'm correct, if I remember, you you kind of walked away from the Lord, but coming back and you are you know have kids, you're walking closely with the Lord, and you have a sense that you want to be baptized. When you first got baptized, it didn't mean a whole lot to you, um, and that's not uncommon um, for that to happen. I always encourage people that if you want to be rebaptized and you said do I have to be rebaptized you don't have to be but if you desire I believe the Lord honors that and matter of fact um that um I know that I've re- you know have people that have come I got baptized when I was small you know or before you know when I was a teenager but then I, I walked away from the Lord and I I've re- you know come back to the Lord uh, I've renewed my faith, and I just want to get baptized again, and it meant so much to them. And that baptism is just that public declaration that I belong to Christ, I identify with Christ, the old man, the old woman is dead, coming out of the water, that I'm living in this newness of life. So I think it's okay to do that, and especially when it has meaning, and when you know you have that desire and um, to do that, it, I think it's going to be special. And I do know that um, that you know uh, that uh, baptism is is so important in in the, the life of a believer and making that declaration, that public declaration that I'm a believer and follower of Christ. So I think it's it's you know fine to do that, and I think it, it will have special meaning to you. Um, I I do have a note that uh, if it may be of interest to you that Calvary Church in Aurora is having a baptism outdoors tomorrow uh, from 5.30 to 8 o'clock. 
So um, that may be of interest in Calvary Church in Aurora. And there you go. There's an opportunity, and you can go and be blessed. And I think your call is very timely. Can I ask you another quick, like a follow-up question with this, too? Um, yes. What if, um, I, I feel like at times I'm feeling hesitant, you know? Like, what if I'm mm-hmm. going to fail again? Um, I just don't know if I should accept it as a, you know, sign from God, like hold off, or, you know, if it's a Satan's attack. I just, how can you tell the yeah. difference? You know, I, I well, know where I'm going. I know where I want to go. I want. I know who yeah. I want to follow. But there's just fear because it happened before. Like, what if I fail God again? He hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and sound mind. And one of the things that the tactics of Satan is that he wants to bring fear. He wants to not have you go and be baptized because I think it's a very wonderful time. I think it's... it's um, it helps you in your faith just to make that public declaration that, you know, once again, I'm following the Lord and I belong to him. And, and I want people to know that. And I'm in this newness of life. I identify with Christ. Satan doesn't want you to do that. And you, the way that you tell the difference between conviction and, and condemnation is condemnation will push you away from, you know, the Lord. Conviction will draw you to the Lord, and that's the big difference. And the enemy will bring that condemnation. Don't get baptized. You're going to fail. You know, you're a spiritual waste. You know, don't do that. You shouldn't do that. And the thing is that, like I said, I believe you don't have to get baptized. You're not doing it in order to get saved. You're doing it because you are saved. And you're making that you made a recommitment to Christ, and, and baptism is something that's been put on your heart, and I believe that that's a conviction of the Lord, but the condemnation of the enemy is going to come along and say, don't do that. Don't do anything because you're a failure in all of this. Listen, you're forgiven. And, you know, you you forgetting those things which are behind, pressing forward to those things which are ahead, to the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You put your hand to the plow, move forward, and, you know, you do those things that God puts on your heart. And, you know, there are going to be times where you do fail. There's going to be times where, you know, I, there's times I fail. But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, and you keep growing in the Word, be in fellowship, be with other believers, and look forward to what the Lord has for you as he's given you life, and he wants you to experience that abundant life. So I would encourage you, don't let fear stop you from going out to the waters when you have that conviction and that desire to do that. You know, it says, um, come as you are, right? So, like, what if yeah. there are just some sins that you're still working on? Should those kind of, keep, you know, keep you, you away for now? You from, come. You no. come. If, if, if we came only because we weren't, you know, struggling with sin or this or that, I don't think any of us would be baptized. You know, we go through life, and part of it is we war with the flesh. And yes, we're called to repentance. Yes, we're called to holiness. But that's the process of sanctification and asking God to help you. But if we say, well, I won't come to the Lord until I clean up my act. You know, that's what a lot of people do. I won't come to the Lord until, you know, I stop these sins. The Lord says, come. The invitation is always to come, always to come. 
and he's desiring for you to come out to the waters to put that on your heart. And we can say, well, I'm going to fail. I struggle with sin, anger, whatever it is. You come and you ask God to help you in those areas and that you keep growing in his grace and his love and in his word. Thank you. You you answered my question greatly. Thank you so much. I'm very happy that I called. I'm happy you're called too. Can I pray with you? Yes. I pray for Allie, Lord. She would know of your love, and I thank you the work that you've done in her heart. I pray that you would not let the enemy condemn her. He condemns us day and night, the accuser of the brethren, but that she would live in your love. And she desires to go out into the waters because it means something to her this time. A recommitment to you, a recommitment to making that declaration that I identify with Christ, that you would fill her heart with joy. And Lord, that you would help her, help all of us in the struggles that we have. And we thank you for your incredible grace and love for us. And Lord, just bless her and have your hand upon her. Fill her with your love and your, Lord, your comfort and your strength in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You bet, Allie. God bless you. Thank you. You bet. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Let's go to Masasa. Did I say that right? I apologize. Thank you very much. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. You're on Calvary Live. I always find great comfort listening to your show and how calm your voice is and soothing and and just the wonderful answers that you get and give and and the prayers. And I even received that prayer you just gave. So thank you. You bet. Um, I have a question. I've heard um, talk from, um, there's a gentleman named Derek Prince who passed away a long time ago, and he talks about the false church and the true church and One's the Church of Cain, and the other's the Church of Abel. And this morning I was reading in Philippians um, chapter 1, and it looks like lines 15 through um, 18 are kind of referencing that false church and true church. And I was just curious if you had any information or thoughts about that, because I do. What was that reference again? Philippians. Is your radio on? No. Okay, I'm just getting a little feedback, so it might be on our, our end. So, Philippians what? You there? 18. 118? 15 through 18. Okay, let me look it up. And I don't know too much about his teaching. Um, I know the Bible talks about false prophets, false teachers uh, quite a bit, that in the last days there will be a false church on the scene, uh, Philippians 1, 15 through 18, um, that some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife and some also from goodwill. Is that the reference? Yeah, I think that that's kind of, it sounds like it's saying that there are both versions, and it almost looks like it's saying um, with line 18, uh, notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And it sounds like he's saying that even if it's it's preached in falseness, at least it's being preached. Did I misinterpret that? No, I think what Paul is talking about is that there is um, that there are those who are teaching with a motive. Um, 
because Paul, there are those who would come behind Paul's ministry and they would undermine him or, you know, come against him. Um, and he says, you know, some preach Christ. They're preaching Christ even from envy, strife, um, some from goodwill. And the former preach Christ with selfish ambition. That is, they want gain. They're being selfish, not sincerely, supposing to add to my chains, but the latter of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. But he goes, this I do you know, rejoice in, is that Christ is preached. So I don't think Paul's talking at all about that there's a false Christ that they're teaching, because we do know that Paul, when he was writing to the Corinthians, remember that the super apostles, the most eminent apostles and prophets came into the church, and 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 here they are um, telling, don't listen to Paul. He wears those, you know, sweaty tent clothes. His speech is contemptible. And they really had gotten the attention of the Corinthian believers. And Paul would say, hey, they're false apostles and deceitful workers transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And he goes on to say, no wonder for Satan himself transformed himself into an angel of light. And therefore, there's no great thing that his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness. So Paul would distinguish really between the false church and the true church. And that was one of the things that was going on in the early church. You know, sometimes people say, we need to be like the early church. Um, I understand, because there was a powerful move of the Holy Spirit and working, but there was also a lot of problems, and false doctrine had come in. Peter, of course, in his second epistle, addresses the false teachers, the false prophets that had come. We do know that in the last days, Jesus said that many will come in my name. So there's warning throughout the scriptures about false teachers, a false message. You know, there's only one true church, and that is believers in Christ Jesus and and believe in the truth of God's word of who he is and what he did for us. And then there are those, you know, it's kind of like the wheat and the tares. Jesus tells of that parable that the tares come up with the wheat. But I think in Philippians chapter 1 that Paul is just talking about their motive. Some are doing it, you know, out of spite for me. Uh, Maybe they're jealous of Paul, selfish ambition. But he says, I rejoice that Christ is being preached. And so do you see examples um, multiplying? Because it seems like once I became aware of the true church versus the false church concept, that I actually can see examples of it that I never saw before. Examples in the scripture or no, today? No, no, just like out in the world. Yeah, it's. I personally believe that it's going to get worse. Um, the indication is is that you know when you read Second Timothy chapter three, Paul says it's perilous times. There's going to be those, and, and uh, that those words really strike me. What Paul is talking about, he says that there's going to be those having a form of godliness but denying its power. Turn away from them. There's going to be counterfeits, those men of corrupt minds, disapproved concerning the faith. He goes on to say that um, that evil men and imposters are going to grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. He says the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itchy ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. 
So what I see in the scripture is that, and Jesus said that one of the signs of the last days is there are going to be many false teachers and prophets that are out there. He said even deceiving the elect if possible. And we're seeing, I believe, the foundations that are beginning to be built for the false church to come on the scene in the tribulation period. I mean, we have churches that are in the progressive theology, that are accepting every kind of um, you know lifestyle, that are denying who Jesus is, that he is the way of salvation. There's a lot of that that's going on, and that's why it's so important. Here Paul tells Timothy, these are the last words of Paul, and he says you must continue in the scriptures that you've learned from childhood. And that's what the church must do, because I tell my people constantly that if you are not in the Word of God, you will get deceived. And, you know, when I first became a Christian 30 years ago, you know, you had the cults, you know, you, you could identify them, but there's so many false teachings and doctrines that are out there. It continues to grow and grow. I can't keep up with it. So the best thing to do is to know the truth, to study the Scriptures, just like a bank teller is trained how to tell a real $20 bill, $50 bill, $100 bill. They study the real thing, so when the false one comes along, they can spot it. And that's what we're to do, keep in the Scriptures, because there is a lot of false voices out there, false teachings out there, um, and it's I see the Scripture talking about that it's going to continue and get worse as we get closer to the return of the Lord. Mm-hmm. I, I think I received that because since I've been reading my Bible regularly, that's when I've been able to see and spot deception where I didn't see it before. So, yeah, um, it's, it's yeah, yeah. I appreciate your answer very much, and I know you said you weren't familiar with Derek Prince. Um, however, he has a quote that I love that I've found to be true, which is, "The Bible is the only book that, as you're reading it, it is reading you." And I've noticed that since I've been reading it regularly, it has changed my perception of everything. Yeah, because it's alive. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. It's alive. Hey, thank you for your call. I appreciate it. All right, let's go to Vena in Greeley. Is it Vena? On line three, Vena, are you there? Yes. Gone? Yes. Hi, Hi, Vina. No, it's it's Vina. Vina, I'm so sorry. Thank you for calling. Um, how how can we pray for you? Well, my son was in a car accident, and uh, I don't know if he really knows God as much as I want him to. You know, I tried talking to him, and he says, "I know, Mom." I know, but I worry about him because he could have died this weekend on me. And mm-hmm. you know, he had to have surgery, and uh, I tried talking to him, and he just, you know, for example, he believes that uh, in the tribulation you can get the mark of the beast and still go to heaven and i'm like no it says that if you lose your life for god you will find it and if you choose to keep your life you will lose it and that's what he means you know and he's like mom i know i'm a good person i know i love jesus i'm going to go to heaven but 
he's just learning it's so wrong and he's into new age yeah it's hard isn't it vina and vina let's pray for him we're getting towards the end of the hour and i'm i'm going to get to some other callers too but vina we're going to pray for him and you just keep speaking truth into his life and that is scary when you have a son that got into a car accident and you think you think how fragile life is and you could have lost him and um you know he has surgery and and um and we're just going to pray for healing and then we're going to pray that you're going to be able to minister to him and that he would receive the truth and lord i do pray that um i i hear the voice of a mom that is very concerned for her son and we just pray that he would recover from his injuries that you be with Vina and just helping her minister to her son. And Lord, I do pray that he would be open to the truth, not mixing deception in with truth. Um, Lord, uh, new age with Christianity, but Lord, coming to the truth and the knowledge of your word to understand it and to take it and open up his eyes and his heart, take your word, work it deep within his heart, that you would draw him to yourself and to your truth. And so, Lord, I just pray for Vina that you give her wisdom and discernment and how to minister to him. And, Lord, we lift him up to you in his injuries, but, Lord, also that you would just do a work, uh, most of all, in his heart towards you spiritually. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Hey, Vina, we'll keep praying, okay? Thank you so much. God bless you. You too. God bless you. 303-690-3000. Let's go to... Uh, Christina and Elizabeth. Hi, Christina. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Do you have a praise report? I do. And just a heads up, I could lose service because I'm out in the boonies, but um, (laughs) I called a few years ago to pray for a godly man to come into my life, and that happened. Uh, We got married recently in June. And then uh, we were praying. We really wanted to have more kids, and we just found out that I'm pregnant. And um, we were also praying that he would find a better position with work, and that also happened this week. So we've just had a lot Uh, of blessings lately. You've had. So you got married uh, in June? Yes, June 19th. You're still on your honeymoon. (laughs) Yeah, I think that <laughs> that weekend is when I must have gotten pregnant because I'm only about three or four weeks okay. along is what, what the calculator says. So, The Lord has blessed you and his hand on you, and uh, what a blessing. We're going to pray for that child that's growing inside of you, for your marriage and for your husband, you know, this job that he got, that he would just flourish in it. So, Father, I pray for Christina. I, I just pray that you would just... As she gives a praise report, and uh, she has seen you just working in wonderful ways with a godly man, with now a child that uh, they're going to have, her husband finding a great job, and Lord, the joy that she's feeling right now, that she would just continue to give you praise and thanks. And Lord, even in the days ahead, when the challenging times come, that she would remember your goodness and your faithfulness. But, Lord, I thank you for your hand upon her life and what you're doing in her life. And, Lord, just the joy in her voice and what you're doing. I pray for that baby inside of her would grow to be strong. And, Lord, that she'd have a good pregnancy. Lord, I pray that her husband would flourish in his job 
And Lord, that you would just continue just working exceedingly abundantly above all that they can ask or think. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. You take care. You too, Christina. Thank you for calling. Uh Uh-huh. Bye. God is good. And, you know, it's wonderful when he works in wonderful ways like that. But I also, I want to encourage you that perhaps that you're feeling like, you know, I'm praying for a spouse. I'm praying for God um, to, you know, work in my life. I'm praying to have a child, praying for this job. And and you're waiting on the Lord. And waiting on the Lord can be a hard thing. And and I want to encourage you that he still sees you. He's working. And he has a plan. And he hasn't forsaken you. It was in Matthew's gospel that, and I was thinking uh, of this um, the other day, in Matthew, uh, Jesus went up to an area that was Gentile territory to Tyre and Sidon, and there was a woman that cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter is demon-possessed. And four times in that conversation with her, Jesus answered her. But the very first answer, he answered her, not a word. He answered her, not a word. And the last time I taught on that, that really caught my attention because there have been times where I've called out to the Lord and Lord, will you work in my life? Will you work in the ministry, work with my kids? And sometimes you can feel like that God, that he, he, you know, he's not answering, not a word. But the Lord was doing a marvelous work in drawing out faith from her. And so, um, you know, he's there. And he would end up working in a wonderful way in this woman's life. It's an incredible story. And I believe we just aired it on our radio program. And so take a look at that. You listen to Matthew chapter 15 in verse 21. And I think that'll be a great encouragement. But wait on the Lord. It's hard to wait. And so um, just look to him, trust in him, wait on him, rest in his love that he has for you. Hey, very quickly before we end, let's go to Rick and Aurora. Hey, Rick. Yes, Pastor. Thank you very much for you taking my just... call. Yeah, we got a couple minutes, so you, you have a prayer request? Yes, for my daughter that she's due next month. This is going to be her second. The first mm-hmm. one is a girl. This time it's a boy. Oh, and I would like to uh, ask God to give them a good health and everything will be fine. Yes, absolutely, Rick. And so, Father, we lift up his daughter, due to have a baby boy next month, uh, she would have as easy as possible time with the delivery, that she'd have a healthy baby, smooth delivery, that you'd just be with all those involved in that process, that you'd just prepare her, his daughter, for that time, because it can be a time where you, you, uh, when uh, uh, a mom's being ready to deliver um, a baby, that they get a little anxious, but just be with them. Be with Rick. Help him to minister um, to his daughter. But Lord, also um, that you just help him be the grandfather that you've called him to be, to minister to uh, his do- his granddaughter and now um, a grandson, and that you would just help him to just minister in every way uh, in the days ahead and just bless this family, be with this daughter, your hand upon her, show yourself strong on her behalf. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. God bless you, Pastor. Hey, Rick. Hey, bye-bye. Yes, sir. 
hey, Rick, call back when yeah. when she has the baby. Let us know how it went and how everybody's doing, okay? Oh, definitely, Pastor. Thank you very much. God Thank bless you. Thank you, Rick. God bless okay. you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. How wonderful, wonderful time. Hey, we're getting towards the end of the show. We just want to thank you uh, for uh, everybody that's called in and uh, everybody's asked good questions. Keep reading your Bible. I love it when people call in and um, they, you know, are asking good Bible questions. And I love to hear that I'm hungry. I've just started reading the Bible. I'm growing in the Word. Christian radio has been a big part of that. Keep tuned in to Grace FM. Continue to pray for the radio station. Support it in every way through prayer and any other means that the Lord has you to. For those of you on the East Coast, as you're listening to Hope and Truth FM, you support those radio stations. We need Christian radio. We need God's Word to be over the air. And so grateful for uh, the opportunity to be on Calvary Live for this show, to answer your questions. And so... Uh, just um, it's a blessing. It's a blessing to me. I pray it's a blessing to you. And um, and we'll be back Calvary Live tomorrow at the same time. And uh, we're so grateful for all those who are behind the scenes um, in this radio program. So keep in the scriptures. You know, as we were talking during the show, keep in the scriptures. Continue, Timothy, the scriptures that you've learned from childhood to keep you strong, to keep you wise to comfort you, to grow you in every way. God bless you, everyone. Have a great evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.